1: Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 CHED. 630 CHED and the Edmonton
0: Oilers Hockey Club present the
1: show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex, service for all brands of print equipment in your office. Yeah,
0: Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 CHED a fist pump spoiler alert uh quick out of town score update as we get ready for the second hour of Oilers now Braden Point has scored his second overtime goal of the series the Tampa Bay Lightning Rally from a 4-2 third period deficit to beat Columbus 5-4 in OT and they knock the Blue Jackets out in five games point scoring uh the overtime winner in what was a game one, the one that went five overtime periods, and he gets one on a turnover uh, and lifts it up and over Jonas Korpisalo, and then Columbus just kind of ran out of steam. You know what I mean? They had a, they actually outshot uh, Tampa Bay for a large portion of this game, and then Tampa Bay turned the game on in the second period. One player in Tampa Bay's organization, and I know some people have wondered a bit about uh, Yesopoliarvy. And uh, Tampa Bay was a team that got brought up, and Matthew Joseph was a player that kind of fell out of favor there. Can skate a bit, had it looked like he was on the verge of doing something. That uh, might be a guy you might want to look at that might have a chance to be something down the road. Second Hour of Oilers now is brought to you by Digitex, who wish you and yours all the best during these uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one-owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. We will head straight off to the River Creek Resort and Casino Hotline. We are joined by the cult of hockey's David Staples. David, how you doing?
1: Yeah, good, Bob. I'm uh, over my depression of the Oilers losing, and I actually watched a little bit of NHL hockey last night for the first time, so.
0: Uh, just for the record David I, I've not stopped watching NHL hockey I've watched virtually <laughs> every game now I am I am in a household where you know my uh, wife's uh, mother who has since passed away worked for the Oilers for 25 years uh, so Kathy kind of grew up around the uh, glory era of the uh, Oilers and uh, my daughter Tori can give every any boy in her class a run for uh, their money and they like watching as much as I do so we've not missed any of the games so far so that's what's going on in the Stauffer's ho- household I uh, <laughs> I'm I am, I'm not depressed, I'm disappointed with how it ended for the Oilers, uh, I'm optimistic but I'm an inherently optimistic guy uh, about where the overall direction and course of the organization is going and I think that some of that optimism is because of you know, some of the areas of improvement during the course of the past season, we've run through this before, but Edmonton improved points percentage, goals for, goals against, power play, penalty kill and save percentage substantially from a year ago. Uh, 25th to 12th in points percentage, 20th to 14th in goals against, or sorry, goals for, 25th to 15th in goals against, 9th uh, to 1st in the power play, penalty killing, the big one, 30th to 2nd, uh save percentage 27th to 14th and we'll get to the five on five stuff because that didn't really improve that much uh but save percentage 27th to 14th and i know you've been querying your followers on uh cult of hockey uh a bit about the goaltending situation and what's the overall consensus david
1: it's pretty strong among the fans bob they have pretty much had it with mike smith And, and i don't like saying that because that's a he's a hell of a hockey player and he really, his, his fire and his competitiveness really helped the Oilers this year. But I did a poll, 2,600 people responded, and only 11% see any scenario, just 1 in 10 order fans essentially see want Mike Smith back. The vast majority, uh, 6 out of 10 fans, they want Koskinen back but not Smith. And, you know, about 20% don't want either of them. Um, but that's pretty hard to do with Koskinen. Even though he had a pretty good regular season, nine seventeen save percentage is nothing to smear at in the NHL. It's, that's darn good. But um, you know his four point five million dollar a year contracts for the next two years. I don't think you could move him easily, and I think most fans realize that. But they, I, I think most are moving on. They've moved on from Mike Smith. And if I'm completely, you know, just reading the tea leaves correctly. Um, when, when Dave Tippett didn't start Mike Smith in game four, I saw that as a signal. And I'm not saying it was, but as a signal that if you're looking to have two goalies who you think you can throw into the playoffs and win a game, that to me was a signal that Tippett wasn't completely sure at that moment that Mike Smith is that goalie anymore. I, now, I could be wrong about that, but that's how I personally see it mm. as well. The Oilers need someone who can challenge Koskinen for the starting job and they need someone they can throw into the playoffs and win a big game. That's not Mike Smith anymore. 38 years old, two years of subpar uh, save percentages. Um, I think it's time to move on. And I think the, the, there's a, this is a glorious moment for the Oilers, Bob, in that usually when they're trying to trade for something, you can't get that thing that you need. Like You can't get a right defenseman when you need it. But there is a ton of goalie options right now. There's kind of a confluence of events. Which leads to a pretty good market if you're looking to a, acquire a goalie this year. So I think that they're going to be able to find someone who's, who's pretty decent.
0: It's an interesting perspective. I mean, I know people have mentioned Marty or, or Matt Murray. Um, Matt Murray's going to win his arbitration case if he goes to arbitration. Now, teams, you know, I, I could maybe you see. You think so? Yeah, I do. I think he could get five and a half million bucks in arbitration. Wow. And that would be
1: probably he had like an 897 what was it 898 safe yeah. percentage this year.
0: Yeah, he had a tough year. Uh but, but you might he's be had, right. I'm not saying you're not. And he has had playoffs. I, I'm led to believe he'd be poised to be in a good spot on the arbitration front. Yeah. Um you know, I had somebody say this to me in July know, it was a coach uh in the conference and the coach said you got to feel You know this whole situation. It really, uh, he goes. Could you imagine, Mike Smith? You had a good, you know, a rough December, but he was pretty good for you guys in the final three months of the year. He's he's a family guy. He's got young kids, uh, and now he's off the ice for a while. He does not have a contract next year, and there's a lot of wild variables that are unpredictable for a goaltender playing for a contract. And that that was an interesting perspective because this individual said to me, you know, it can go a couple different ways. I mean, maybe he's the choice for for tip, and he he kills it and drives his valuation up. But he said the way things were headed during the course of the regular season, maybe you could have justified looking at, at, at an automatic that Mike Smith would be brought back. He goes, what happens if your team doesn't get the, you know, what happens if you guys lose to Chicago? And Edmonton lost to Chicago and Mike had a tough uh, giveaway on a goal and then the team kind of got rattled as a result of that and you know he never got back in there after he got pulled in game number one so it was kind of it it, it, and it's it was a rather prophetic comment again and this guy's been a long time coach in the league so he kind of saw it coming a bit and it kind of made me just just thinking about it right now i do agree with you that there who, who who would the fans have interest in i know that you also kind of arranged that out there as well david
1: yeah, it, there's a number of names that keep coming up. So there's a kind of like the older goalies who have been backups, like Anton Huboden uh, in Dallas, who's now starting because Bishop's hurt. Thomas Grace in New York, who's been a starter. Um, you know, there's there's some fans who hold out hope for the big signing, of like a Robin Leonard. Uh, so, you know, there's even talk of Tuka Rask out there, you know, that, that, that he's a possibility. I don't see the owners having money for that kind of thing but the the, the names that i keep here matt murray comes up again and again and again and if you're right bob and he goes to arbitration and gets that amount of money that's a problem for the orders i, I see them being able to like if they stretched and made this a top priority which i think it probably is um i'm guessing they could go like four million four and a half million tops that's mm-hmm. tops and that, like, does Murray fit in there? I don't know. That's a question. Grice definitely would, who and probably would if he's willing to leave Dallas. Um, there's the uh, Georgiev, or Georgiev out of uh, New York Rangers. Georgiev, uh, yes. Yep. Um, and then there's all these teams that have two goalies heading into the expansion, like St. Louis and Columbus, that might be willing to, to trade one, uh, a useful goalie. If the price is right, because they're going to lose them to the Seattle Kraken, So there is a lot of options because of these various factors and the the salary cap being so tight and uh, the market being pretty flush with goalies. And I don't think a lot of NHL teams are in the market for another goalie right now, a starting goalie like the Oilers are. So it is a good season to be a shopper.
0: You brought up Merz, Merzlechkins is an interesting guy, given the fact that they ran with Corpus Allo and Merz, Merzlechkins has had decent numbers. He's represented by Jerry Johansson out of Edmonton here. I yeah. think uh, he's at 4 million bucks over the next couple of years. And, and I, I'm in line with your thinking. I mean, I think. There has to be money out if the Oilers trade for a goaltender. signing's obviously a completely different situation. But if it's a trade, I think there's going to... I had somebody reach out to me today. You know, do you think Edmonton would be interested in Freddie Anderson? It's in the last year of his deal. Five million bucks. Uh, I'm like, uh, well, I'm not sure how that would work. Now, the actual dollar value, very low. I think it's only like... Uh, might only be a million dollars. I think the bonus has already been paid uh, this year. David Staples from The Cult of Hockey. David... Um, Defense, and I know Alan May, and you wrote off this, and Alan May appreciated that. Uh, Alan May made some pretty interesting comments. We just had Brian Lawton on the show talking about the Oilers maybe changing the dynamic of their D to having more dynamic D. You
1: know, Alan May, he just he really, I just thought it was the most astute comment that I hadn't heard anyone else make in terms of evaluating what had gone wrong with the Oilers. Because, you know, the owners have gotten faster, and it was a huge priority, and Ken Holland did a good job. And I was kind of thinking to myself, yeah, Ken Holland, he's done it. You know, he's brought in these guys. That, the defense is faster. Everyone's faster. Everything's looking good. And in the regular season, they did look fast enough. But really, when you dig in deep into the plots, they were not close. And that was exposed against Chicago. When, when the owners were out of sync and they are playing as a five-man unit, advancing the puck and defending uh, in their own zone, suddenly the lack of speed of the Oilers' defense was apparent. And and Alan went down his rating of the skating of each Oilers' defenseman. And, and essentially, they were all, you know, not a, as a group, they were slow. As a group, they're probably in the bottom, at least in the bottom third, maybe in the bottom fifth of the NHL for speed on defense. And it really hit home like, yeah, you are right, Alan, this problem still isn't solved. But it can be solved, I think, if you know promoting Caleb Jones, getting him a spot, opening up a roster spot for Jones. And I heard you talking to Brian Lawton about uh, Tyson Berry. Yes. Uh, that's a very intriguing idea. A player like that who's a faster skater, a more offensive player, maybe uh, you move out a Lar- Adam Larson, which is what most fans want. We did a fan poll on that as well. That's the, the number one idea they have. Move out Larson, which I'm against, unless you can bring in a better player. Well, Tyson Berry's in that category. So if that's a possibility, that's that's something that I think is that excited me to hear that idea because the Oilers need to get faster and they need to move the puck better. And they still do, even though they took big strides this year in that.
0: You know, Larson is a different player, and I do think that the orders need to be more dynamic, and I think that some of it's going to occur sort of organically. And this has become an area of strength in the organization is the fact that, you know, they've got Bouchard and Brober coming. Those guys are, you know, they're going to have a chance to hit on those guys. Um, and again, I would not hesitate drafting. If you think the defenseman's the best, if you think Caden Gooley sitting there at 14 is the best available player, doesn't matter if you've taken defense in the first round of the last two years, make that pick if that's who you've got is that guy. Now, there's some other players that are pretty intriguing as well that can uh, electrify, like a guy like Seth Jarvis. Yeah. Uh, Tyson Berry, one of the things for me, David, is cleft bombs on the power play. He plays so many minutes, 24, 25 minutes a game, you know, and I, I think at times with Oscar, he kind of wears down a bit. And I wonder, some guys. You know, he finished fifth in the league. He played 25 25 per game this year. You take him off the power play, maybe he's down to 22 minutes a game. And maybe you get a better five on five player. And I know that Clefbaum, I think the last three years has been minus 40, and Larson's been minus 38, five on five. So, you know, that's. And they've gotten the tough matchups, and the team's had some tough times. And, you know, we were talking about the goaltending, and Terry has texted us on our Ashley Flores text line, David. He says, maybe everybody should focus on the top four defense not playing very well instead of hanging the goalies out to dry. Mike Smith had a tough December, but was very good before and after. And there is a degree of truth to that. I think we both admit that there are yeah. some challenges with that top four D.
1: I, I think it's a bit of both of the playoffs. Koskinen sh- certainly didn't look great on that winning series, winning goal. But I w- it, listen, I'm not against them moving out of top four, D-Man, if they can bring in someone better. And I take your point on Bomb Bob, that um, his power play work is, is it has become very good in terms of being a very smart distributor of the puck. But they have Evan Bouchard coming up, who is, is an exceptional power play uh, player. Uh, who could play on the third pairing next year, I believe. Uh, they could trade for a Tyson Berry take that role. And if they lose more defensive players, they're going to need Clef playing heavy, heavy minutes defensively, uh, both on the PK and at even strength, kind of in a defensive shutdown pairing. So that could work out well for all parties concerned.
0: David, how do people follow you?
1: Just uh, at D Staples on Twitter and at the Culter Hockey.
0: Thanks for your time, David. Thanks, Bob. You bet. 120 at Edmonton, Japanese Village, open to serve you at any one of their five Edmonton and area locations with Alberta steak and tasty seafood cooked right at your table. The reservations are now available. Go online to jvedmonton.ca. Again, uh, we're going to take a quick uh, three-minute break. Come back, get to some text on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. You're listening to Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad, It's 123 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stauffer, Brendan S. Scott with you. Brendan, what do you think? You got any time for Tyson Berry? I got a lot of time for Tyson Barry, Bob. Again, I think he's just the type of player
1: that the team has been missing. You know, we heard the rumors about maybe
0: Tory Krug for uh, Oscar Kleppbaum, something like that. Well, Barry's probably a cheaper version of Tory Krug. Right now he is. I mean, he had the tough year, obviously, in Toronto. It's going to drop his valuation down. Maybe a smart play for uh, Tyson Berry. Uh, He's represented by Craig Oster, a former member of the Manitoba Bisons, would be just to take a one-year deal somewhere will tell in that regard. There's an old saying in uh, the car business, cars cost less than with but outstanding customer service is a key to business as well. Brent Ridge Ford is a nine-time President's Diamond Award winner for customer satisfaction. They'll provide you with outstanding service at the time of the purchase, and they'll keep that standard of service up after the sale as well. Let Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang at Brent Ridge Ford, where they're practicing all the safety measures that we need during these challenging COVID-19 times, they can lend you a hand. You can reach them at one 477 3673 or go online at BrentRidge.com. John Shannon's coming up at one let Let's get to some texts. Uh, t- 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 we'll start with this. The texter comes in saying, Bob, it took Wayne Gretzky three years to reach the Stanley Cups with his uh, finals with his fledgling cast of future Hall of Famers. We're still trying to assemble that cast. Well, actually, didn't it take him four? I mean, the first year was 79-80. 80-81, 81-82, they got upset by the Kings. 82-83, they made it to the final. That's the fourth year. So it was in the fourth year. Um, and obviously, a lot different time back then. And then the Orders won the uh, fifth um uh, Cop in the fifth uh, season in the National Hockey League. Another Texter, Mark, Texas Show says, I don't know what people see in Clefbomb. Look at the stats between Nurse and Clefbomb this year. Trade Clefbomb. And that comes to us from Mark. And Darnell Nurse had the better five on five numbers this year than Oscar Clefbomb. Clefbomb obviously got a, a spike from some of the numbers that were produced on the power play during the course of the season. Clefbomb's got a great contract. This texter comes in saying, why would Tyson Berry want to come to Edmonton? That is the question. All right, here's why. Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisettle, Ryan Nugent-Hopkins, and one of Chase Hunter Neal. How would you like to be on a power play like that if you're Tyson Perry? Because Tyson Berry would come in as a right. Tyson Berry has run power plays his entire life. He goes to Toronto, and Morgan Riley's on the first unit power play. He comes to Edmonton, and he'd be on the first unit power play here. And he's a right shot. Now, it worked with Clefbaum. It's got to be stated. I mean, the Oilers are the best power play in 40 years. But I'm not sure Edmonton's special team numbers are going to be able to be duplicated once again. I mean, the Oilers went from 21.2% on the power play to 295 So, They went from ninth to 1st in the league in the power play. And they went from 30th, they were only 74.8% on the PK, to 84.4% on the PK in a year in which the league had high power plays and low penalty killing numbers and ended up 2nd in the league in the PK. They were plus 21 if you factor in... Uh, shorthanded goals for and against on special teams. Edmonton was plus 21 on the year on the power play. Unfortunately for the Oilers, they were minus minus on 5, which is part of the reason why it needs to be stated. The Oilers need to improve their transition game and put themselves in a situation where maybe they, you know, I mean, if Riley Sheen and Gaytan Haas are duking it out for fourth line time because I wouldn't necessarily say it's 100% sure that Shane wouldn't come back. I'm just saying you need a different type of guy, maybe a little bit more speed in a third line center role. Uh, then we're having a different discussion in terms of the depth that the team has and can, uh, it can maybe, you know, sustain a four check better and that sort of thing. Uh, KS says, wow, Bob, I thought your listeners were smarter than the previous text about Tyson Berry. If I was Tyson Berry, the Oilers would be my number one choice. That one comes to us from, uh, KS. Uh, Jason from Sangudo says, Bob, maybe Tyson Berry wants to live near the mountains. That one comes to us from Jason from Sangudo. Obviously, in reference to the uh, province's uh, video uh, at the time in which uh, Edmonton was attempting to secure the bid, which it ultimately got for the Hub City. All right, uh, and Sean adds one more text. Bob, why are we trying to fix the power plate that's not broken? Focus on finding the guys that can hit 97, 29, 93, tape to tape on the fly instead of off the glass and out. From Sean, well, guess what? Tyson Berry uh, can... Uh, he can make those sort of passes. That's part of his game as well. Sean, uh, we'll go off to the Global News Weather Traffic Update with Kerry McCarthy. When we come back, John Shannon, our NHL insider.
1: Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.